Hello, I'm Sigim Kize and welcome to Career Connect, the show where we're speaking about all things related to your career as a graduate and helping you understand how do you prepare for the real world. In today's show, we'll be speaking about the industry and the business of coding. If you are interested in becoming a coder or if you want to know a bit more about that space, what is it all about? I am joined by Camille Egan from We Think Code and Sharon Halley, who's a student of code. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for Thanks. joining me. So let's get into defining what coding is. You know, we all hear this word, it's thrown around. What is coding? So I would say that very basically, coding is the language that you use to address computers to create things. So a website, Facebook, your apps on your phone, they all created by code. I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, I think it's just a set of instructions. Four. I mean, if you, if you want to talk to a computer, how are you going to do that? You have to code. Okay. Yeah. So you can write the language to speak to the computer yeah. and then build on top of that. Is there a difference between a coder and a programmer? I think there is. Okay. I think that a coder, or, or I think there's a difference between coding and programming. Okay. But a coder can be a programmer. So coding, I would say, is you can teach a child how to code, but programming, I would actually define more as problem solving using um, pro programming languages as a tool. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so from my understanding, if I'm getting this correctly, so if I want to create an app, I can code or whatever the language is for a particular computer, but if a business has a specific problem around yeah. how they process certain things, you would then program something using code to then yeah. build more it's to all help about the, the problem solving behind Find it. it. Yeah. Okay, that's really awesome. So tell me a little bit more about what you do at We Think Code. So I'm one of the co-founders of We Think Code. So we like to say that we are a re revolutionary tech university because we are tuition free and open to all. So okay. we were speaking about coder and computer programmer. We believe that anyone out there could be born with the aptitudes to be a great coder mm -hmm. because like Sherwin says, it's about great problem solving, it's about resilience, about attention to details, mm. and those are not things that are necessarily taught at school. So we think code is that, so students learn um, how to program in a peer-to-peer -peer problem solving environment, okay. no teachers, no classes, but they learn with each other by solving problems. Okay, that's a very interesting uptake on how to actually get the knowledge and information to students. Was there a specific thought process behind why you chose to do it that way? Well, first of all, the best software engineers, you know, even in the United States and Europe, are self-taught mm. programmers or self-taught coders. So um, we actually spoke to this school in France, which is one of the best in France, and today they're also open in the U.S. called uh, School 42, and they designed this curriculum because they wanted to build software engineers that would be adapted to the industry. So the problem today with technology, I mean a problem or an opportunity, is that you constantly have new languages. And as we said at the beginning of the, of the show, it's about the language you use to speak to computers. So you need to know so many new languages mm. all the time. So what our philosophy at We Think Code was, we need to teach students to learn how to learn new languages. Okay. So that when they are hired into companies, they will not, you know, maybe they're hired as a Java developers and in five years times when Java is no more relevant and there's a new language, they say, don't worry about it. I can learn that new language in three months time because okay. this is how I studied. That's incredible. And is there opportunity for students to be the inventors and innovators of new languages? I'm sure there are, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I, but the thing is, I, in that regard, it's more of a personal thing. Sure. If you find there's a gap, if a language doesn't suit you, 
or if there's a specific problem you're trying to solve and no other language does that then by any means. Okay, so from a student perspective, why did you decide to go into code? I wanted to build things. I mean, I'm a creative person and I, I love drawing, I love making music, but I really felt like there's something more I could do, you know? I, I really wanted to build something and be able to use my art and make it move or make it interactive. And I think coding was the only way I could do that. I like that you link those two together because oftentimes when we speak to young people, especially those who are creatives, sometimes I think people have a very one-dimensional way of being creative. You know, yeah. people normally think it has to be through the arts or physically being able to do things. But when you speak about getting your pictures and things to move, yeah. that opens up a whole world behind people who are animators also need coded programs to be able to yeah, create exactly. the things that we see and enjoy. You know, yeah. what has your experience been like studying? You know, has your expectation been met um, in what you thought coding would be and what it actually is? I think. Beyond that, I think sure. beyond that, because if I had studied at a university, I don't think I would have gotten the same experience as if I had went to, well, when I'm at Weathing Code, because it's so much, it's just practical. Everything mm -hmm. we do is practical, and they don't hog you down with theory, and any theory that you learn is because you're actually trying to solve a problem, sure. and you have to like read up on something. But the things that we've built at Weathing Code, Sometimes I think back and I look back at my old projects and I just I can't believe that we've done that mm -hmm. in such a short period of time. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. I like what you touched on around the university education and the peer learning that you have at We Think Code. For a parent whose child wants to go and study and the parent is very stuck on you have to have a degree, you have to have a diploma, it has to be at this kind of institution. What are some of the key differences between being in a peer learning environment versus a traditional university, which in most cases are just now introducing code and programming as part of a IT systems program instead of specifically focusing on teaching students how to program and code? I mean, you know, Sherwin kind of compared coders to artists, but it's very similar in the way that companies, when they want to hire you, they will lo look at what you produced. They will look at your portfolio. So this is why, you know, studying at Within Code in a peer-to-peer -peer environment, project-based learning, you are able to show what you can create and you are constantly creating new projects. The problem with a lot of university courses around software engineers is that it's very theoretical. So you learn about the theory of computer science, but what does it actually take to code? And we have 40 corporate sponsors, 30 to 40 corporate sponsors that sponsor students, and then students will go and work for those sponsors. And they decided to sponsor Within Code students because they want to get programmers who have actually programmed sure. um, during their two years course. So that I would say is the main difference between the two kind of education. And how much programming do the students actually get to do? You know, I don't know if there's an actual quota of what um, justifies a good enough experience, considering that technology is constantly evolving. But how much exposure should one be getting to code and programming before they go out into the industry or can actually say, I know how to code? I think. So I, I did my first internship um, at RMB, right, at Foundry. And while I was there, and I think the first two weeks, there was a UJ student with us. He was just spending a bit of time there. He'd also done one year of computer science. Yeah. And we sat down and had a meeting about this application that we wanted to create. He stood up and said, this is going over my head. Wow, okay. So it just gave us a bit of perspective to actually show us that because we've been constantly doing this, nothing was a challenge anymore. Sure. It wasn't a situation where the workplace could be any harder. Mm. You know, we've we've been doing so much harder projects at campus and in such shorter times. Mm. So it was just
I think that really showed me that being, being in a situation where you're sitting in a lecture room for three hours or two hours, whatever the case may be, listening to a guy yeah. talk, how much of that are you going to actually remember? Sure. But I can sit down for half an hour and get to the core of what that guy was saying and actually remember it because I was practicing you it. Practice it becomes muscle memory. It yeah. becomes second nature. That's such a great point. So your learning environment has created the experience that you need to be yeah. able to contribute to the world of coding. So we'll chat a bit more about that after the break. For more on the industry of coding and what you need to know to become a professional coder, stay tuned to hear Career Connect. No, I've heard about it, but honestly, I really don't know what it entails, so I wouldn't say I know anything about it. Coding. Hmm. I know it's got to do with computers and like technical stuff. That's why as I know coding. When I think coding, I think computers. No, not personally. Um, I'm not one to sit behind a computer and learn um, how to do the back end as long as it works perfectly for me. Um, no, not really. Well, maybe to teach it because I'm going to be going to an education career. So it's going to be a subject apparently in the new education policy. So maybe to teach it but not necessarily to be learning it myself. Not really, but I do think that it's very important that we have a lot of skilled people in coding, but not necessarily for me, so... Coding is, is definitely needed in order to make things more streamlined, more uh, accessible and easy for human beings. So there's, I mean, it's very lucrative as we stand right now in 2017. So just imagine in 2020 where coding could take you. Welcome back to Career Connect. We're talking about all things code. If you're wanting to go into the industry or if you just want to know what it means to actually be a coder, I'm joined here by Camille and Sherwin. So before the break, we were chatting about, you know, being able to adapt and change and also just really understanding the difference of a peer learning environment and a university environment and really what you need to be knowing as a coder to go out into the industry. If I want to build a career in coding and programming, what do I need to be doing? So I graduate, what happens next? Depends on where you studied. Okay. So if you studied at university, you'd have to go for training. Okay. Or a company would have to take you for training because chances are you will never survive in a working environment. But if you went to We Think Code, you'd be good because, I mean, we study different languages. I don't even know how many languages I know now. Um, we, we also touch on a lot of industry um, industry techniques, you know, and we have a lot of industry people coming to talk to us all the time. So we're constantly keeping track with what's going on in the industry, even while we're at campus, which I think is cool. But for a, a usual student, I think you'd have to come out, do some training. If you weren't doing any coding in your spare time, which will be very difficult for you because you're thrown with math and a whole bunch of theory. So yeah, you'd have to go for training and it's going to be a longer road, I think. I think a longer road for you to actually become someone significant in the industry. industry. Yeah. Okay. So just building up on that, I just want to understand for somebody who's watching, if I'm at university studying information systems or IT or whatever it's called university versus specifically focusing on coding and programming, what are the two outcomes in terms of careers and opportunities that are available to you? So I think, you know, like Sherwin says, after university, 
with coding, with engineering, you have the choice of either going directly into the workspace or getting additional training. You know, we position We Think Code also as a post-grad program. So it's two years, you can learn exactly the languages of code. I believe that if you want to be in the technology industry today, whether it's you know, crafting your own websites or being employed in a career in tech or even starting your own tech startup, it's really good to learn how to code and to mm. program because it's not only about, you know, knowing the coding and the programming, it's also about understanding how technology works, how all the technology that's around us are working the way they work, how are they coded, etc. So for someone who's sitting and watching us and is at university today, he's passionate about tech, he or she um, should look at training opportunities, whether uh, in their cities or online. So we were chatting with Sherwin before, you know, and I said that m the best programmers are self-taught, and there you have also many resources available online to learn how to program. Yeah. And in terms of the industry, you know, what are some of the trends that we're seeing coming up that would make coders constantly relevant and important for where the world is going? So it's very interesting because we have 30, 30 to 40 corporate sponsors and I would say that a lot of them are not technology companies. So what you see is you see a lot of industries such as finance, uh, the health sector, the ma manufacturer sector that are today really investing um, in technology and in tech, even consumer goods so like a cosmetic company like yes. L'Oréal is also investing a lot in that because their consumers are connected. So for companies to be adaptable to their consumers, they also need to, to connect. So as a software engineer today, you could work tomorrow for Apple or in a hospital or yeah. for, you know, an auto manufacturer or Sherwin is going to be working at a private bank, you know, so there's a very wide range of opportunities. And for me, that's the beauty of it is, you know, coders, computer programmers, they are the designers of our world of tomorrow. Mm. And that is across industries, um, and this is why it's a fascinating field. It's quite interesting that you can work in so many different spaces. What are some of the soft skills that somebody qualifying as a coder needs to have to survive in different industries? So I would say that the most important soft skills is, well, problem solving, uh, critical thinking, Resilience, so you know, you're always gonna have to solve problems yeah. and to be the best coder, you're gonna have to be before your time. So you will want to always be adaptable to the new industry. Don't be afraid of change, wanting to take risks. Yes. And also a certain, I would say, humility and holistic thinking. So it's not only about coding, but you know, I love this quote which says, Technology is the answer, but what was the question? Sure. You yeah. know, you, <laughs> you code for people, you code to create things. So who yes. are you coding for? What are you coding for? And like that, you are the artist, you know, of our world. And for many people, they're counting on you and on your craft to design um, technologies for them. So, yeah. I love that. It's such a great way of looking at it. What are some of the pros and cons of being part of this industry? I, I haven't seen any cons yet. Okay. <laughs> Long but hours, I, perhaps. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living it right now, <laughs> working entire weekend. But I mean, it's good. It's, you know, without that sacrifice, what are you going to achieve in, in the end? So I think also, if you're someone who doesn't want to be learning or studying for the rest of your life, uh, then I don't think it's, it's for you, you, you mm -hmm. know? You can't, it's not like, 
it's not one of those things that you can learn once in university and, and keep that same knowledge mm. throughout your career. You know, it's not like soccer where the rules never change. The rules are constantly changing. New things are being invented. I mean, just a few years ago, machine learning wasn't this big. Big data wasn't this big. Mm. And right now, coders have to learn all of these things. Cloud programming, it's, 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 ever, ex it's ever expanding. So you just have to keep learning. And that, to me, it's like you're, you're constantly on your toes, you know? Yeah. You can never really specialize. As in anything. Yeah, you, you can never you Be committed never to continuous learning yeah. and continuous growing. Yeah. Okay. So I think our students want to know, is there money in this industry? So if I'm spending all these hours studying, and I imagine coding is not a traditional job where you stop at six. You know, you, I, I think you code until the job is done. Yeah. Um, and you're very passionate about it, and you're constantly improving your skills. Is there a return on investment for when you're actually working as a coder or programmer? Yeah. Huge. Huge huge return on investment i mean you can literally because it's something that is so it's it's still not really understood mm -hmm. you know and there's so much value in it so companies like google and facebook are competing for for programmers so they make their workspaces really great i'm not sure if you've seen what google yeah, looks like it's amazing yeah but it's because these are their assets yes. and if you lose one good programmer you've lost you've lost your business yeah you know so they they constantly have to make things really great for us so um, there's that, the pay is great. Um, you just, I don't know, it's just a good life. It's it's just, it just feels great. And just having that power in your yeah. hands to create something at any time, nothing can beat it. You love that. And um, because we're coding and we're speaking computer languages, I take it it's easy to then pick up, pack your bags, and move anywhere across the world. Anywhere. Work remotely. Yes. Yeah, there's a guy from uh, Foundry that left he left working there to work for a company in the States, but he's working from Cape Town. Okay, that's pretty cool. So yeah. the opportunities are endless for anybody wanting to join the industry. If people have questions, if people want to get a hold of you, where do we find you on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram. Yes. Almost exclusively. Okay. <laughs> <I have laughs> like a, a true account. creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Hollywood. At Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay. So it's like Holly, my surname, mm -hmm. and Wood, like I would do that. One word, Hollywood. Smart. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Camille? Um, now to get in touch with We Think Code, uh, it's www.wethinkcode.co.za and all applications are open at the moment for any coding talent out there. They might not know they have the coding talent, but they might. So that's, um, yeah, so we are open now and I encourage everyone to come and see our website and what we are about. Quickly, if I'm applying, do I need to have any coding experience? What are the bare requirements for coming to Within Code? The bare requirements is you need to be between the age of 17 to 35, and that's it. We don't even require matric or any sort of diploma. Like I said, it's tuition-free, sponsored by corporates who are so desperate for the skills that they're willing to pay two years yeah. in advance for your tuition to get the skills two years later. Um, so yeah, just apply, then you have to take some games online, and then it's a very hard journey though, <laughs> like I wouldn't lie. Mm. Um, but it's uh, when you're passionate about it, um, then it's worth it. Hard journey, but it's worth the experience. Yeah. Thank you so much both for your time. It was quite a very insightful and interesting conversation. Yeah, pleasure. For more great conversations around how to build your career, how to find out about other insights relating to the different kinds of industries you want to be in, do stay tuned here to Career Connect only on Business Day TV. Until next time, thanks for watching.